Welcome to the Awake to Joy podcast. The advice and strategies contained here may not be suitable for your situation, and you should consult a professional where appropriate. Let's listen to today's program. Hey, Renee. Hi, Annette. All right. Today, we're going to talk about courage, chasing courage. And for those who have been sexually abused, I believe God has always just continually said through his word, take courage, I've overcome the world. And even such horrific things as being sexually abused. And what does that courage look like? How can we even lean into that? And he gives us incredible scripture to feast on, to go down into our souls, to claim as ours. And um, do you have one that you could share right off the top of your mind there with the courage as the theme? Yes. So here you go. Ephesians 6, 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. When you think of all the mighty stories in the Bible of his power, that's how we're able to be strong. You're obviously not thinking of it of your own story. No, that's for sure. I'm just saying, I mean, some of us could have courage in our story, our abuse story, but when we've been abused, courage typically isn't, we're not calling that one of our names, you know, we, we feel like we're, we're just trying to survive. Not that we have courage, but even surviving, it takes courage to survive. Absolutely. It's hard and I didn't it. realize that until people have brought that to mind uh, early on when they had heard my story and was like, huh, right? yeah, I know I had to think <laughs> that one through. It was a whole new thought for me that there was courage involved there to yes, keep yes. trusting in the Lord with all my heart and not leaning on my own understanding of what I thought of the situation, where I thought it was going to go, where it wasn't. Because my own understanding could be all over the place. Absolutely. But yeah. having the courage to submit to God and let his will make my path mm-hmm. for us to both walk down together. That was huge for me. Mm-hmm. It's normal to have fear. It's something that God has made our bodies to be able to experience fear in dangerous situations to protect us. It's natural. It's natural to have that fight or flight response going on. And our bodies do have a chemical reaction in it when all of a sudden we do have great fear that happens. Of course, fear usually is very unexpected. Not something we've planned for. but this way we're able to respond quickly and protect ourselves so we can keep surviving. When we feel fear, I think the biggest thing we've got to ask ourselves, is it time to take action or not? We can acknowledge that it's there, um, but we've got to do a quick examination. Yeah, I remember when my abuse was over, I would always wait for it to be quiet in the house and then I'd get up and I would 
wait for it to be quiet because I wanted to go to my mom and dad's bedroom and climb into their bed with them. Mm. And they'd say, you have a bad dream? And I would always go, yes, yes. And so I would climb into, so I could feel safe, if that makes sense. Yeah. But it took so much courage to get out of bed because I was sure the person was still, even though it sounded like they walked away, I was still afraid that it was going to happen all over again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Being still sometimes is, was our way of <laughs> fending it off. <laughs> Which wasn't fixing anything, but yes. No. No. We got to decide whether that fear is helping or hindering us. Amen. And that's a huge thing to look at each time. And then you would know where you can go ahead and pick up courage. Um, it's kind of interesting living out in the Midwest now. And right now it's winter. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of snow and ice under the snow. There's a lot of ice that is built up on the roads. And what I have found is um, yesterday it snowed some. Many people decided they weren't going out. Many people canceled their appointments to go different places. It, it's just a natural thing. Uh, for those who have jobs, um, they might just show up a couple of hours later, but otherwise they're still going to work, but they're waiting until... Uh, they have time in the morning to clear off the cars and do all of that. But I find that there's so many people that know we're not going out. Mm. We're not doing anything. I know for Saturday and Sunday, when we had the big weather come through, many people decided, no, we're not going to go anywhere. My thought was, well, I'm not going to stay in the house. I'm in the house during the week working type thing. And it's our time to get out. And so on Sunday, we went out. Well, there was hardly anybody on the roads because people aren't going to go out there and we're blessed with a four by four but still people were not going to be on the roads um did it take courage i don't think so in the sense that i got trained on how to drive in the snow and the bad weather out here which then took away that fear of well I, you stop because when you stop out here, you do not stop. No. <laughs> you have to stop way ahead of time because otherwise you will go right through that signal or you'll go right through that stop sign and you your foot is all the way down yep. and nothing's happening. There's no and breaking. There's no <laughs> breaking. And you have to learn which way to turn your wheel when you start sliding in a curved position. Uh, but thankfully, I had a good teacher, and that gave me the courage. So I guess there is courage. It gave me the courage to get on the road on Sunday with my husband and travel an hour away and enjoy our time together and to do that. But that's something that I've noticed out here that uh, many will not even attempt, maybe because in the past they've experienced where they've gotten maybe into a car accident or they've seen horrific car accidents and me being originally from Southern California, I just don't realize it. I find it that way when there's no snow and on the highway, people will not take the highway. They'll take the side roads because they say the highway, uh, 469 or 69, people drive too fast. I'm going, well, it's 70, that's too fast. <laughs> and so they won't purposely get on those highways. And so they're always freed up. And for me, yeah. California, it's like, oh, yes, <laughs> it's, it's a fast way to go to get somewhere. 
Take we haven't been in a big city yet. <laughs> this is not rush hour. Yeah. <laughs> but I find that there isn't the courage to get onto those roads that were purposely made for people out here so they wouldn't have to take all these side streets to get somewhere, mm -hmm. but they choose not to. There's a fear that you're going way too fast and you're going to get into an accident. Mm. What's your thoughts on that, Renee? You're not saying <laughs> anything. I like the faster ways to go. It gets you there, <laughs> it gets you there quicker. <laughs> no lights, no diversions. But yeah, it does take courage to get on those. As I remember, there's uh, a confidence seeing... you need somebody who was learning to drive for the first time. And I couldn't remember the first time I was driving that I got on freeway. That was way too long ago. However, seeing them do it, I could see the fear in that room. It's like, it's a true fear. They had to get up the courage to get in on the freeway to drive that fast. And eventually now they don't even think about it. Just like, I don't think about it. Get on that on-ramp and pull right over. And I feel safe. I'm going the speed limit and everything. But there was fear in the beginning until they built up that courage, until they practiced it enough. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It makes a difference. <laughs> it makes a difference. And I know being sexually abused, I was always very cautious of men. And it made me always want to keep a distance, didn't feel extremely safe around them, that type of thing. And so it took time to step out of that protective zone to even break that barrier down but that took courage to decide you know what this is keeping me out of so many things just because I won't go ahead and go and do this or I won't go ahead and do that it's true yeah yeah I was very similar when it came to the men <laughs> feeling not as safe around that gender for sure where it even hindered, like, even what jobs I would go for. Ooh, you know, he seemed to be a little bit more overbearing or whatever. I don't know that I'd like to work for him or... <laughs> it added extra judgment that didn't need to be there that I did have to overcome. And eventually I did to the point of I was working with all men but and one woman, you know, in a lot of my jobs, my last couple jobs that I've had in ministry was more men-related and more... And if you would have let that fear stay there, you wouldn't have been able to be so effective for the kingdom, which yeah. you have been through the years. And I wouldn't have been able to learn from them and them teaching me because I would have been blocking always being on guard, you know, always being on guard and not being able to even do my job or learn from them who were the leaders over me and my authorities, you know, so that's a good example. <laughs> uh, for those who are, struggling with that fear and trying to get their brain to relax down because we talked about there's the chemical reaction that happens in there that adrenaline that yeah. adrenaline that goes through um there are some ways to solve that to slow it all down to take that anxiety bring it down some and yes there is taking deep breaths that type of thing um more than anything checking in with god god this is scary. Is yeah. <laughs> or God, I need to do this. You called me to go and do this. Boy, I am nervous about that. I need your help. Um, but also sitting down and doing a puzzle. You're taking your mind onto something that actually needs your focus. You're 
taking the focus off the one and put it on the other. Just like when you're starting to have that conversation with God. The puzzle, um, I know several people who will just have a puzzle out and they use that to go ahead and they start talking to God and they're just trying to get the puzzle pieces to fit, but they've taken themselves into a whole different area so they can look at the situation more reasonably. And they're talking to God as they're putting the puzzle together going, man, this really stinks, this situation. You know, I don't want to do this, whatever <laughs> it is. And it helps them. Uh, some people use bookkeeping, balancing their checkbooks, um, answering emails, because you got to actually think to answer some questions and some emails mm -hmm. to bring your body back down to normal, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, reading a book to calm the emotions. But I think more than anything to me is um, talking with God, whether it is going for a walk and talking with him going, you need to help me out right now. Mm -hmm. My emotions are, they went too far and I need to. And in that walk, I'll usually go, okay, God, I'm afraid of this. We're going to identify what it is. And a lot of times when I say, okay, God, I'm afraid of this. He's like, really? Is that what you're, and I hear myself going through, that's not what you're really afraid of. Mm. This is what you're afraid of. And it's like, Darn. <laughs> really? He's pinpointed it. He's pinpointed you. it a little bit better, which is great because then I could say, okay, God, what should I do with this? Because this is not the first time I've been afraid of this. I want to get past this. What can I do? What purposeful things can I do? And then sometimes somebody's uh, name might pop into mind. So I call up that person and I just start talking with them about it. And they'll go, why are you afraid of that? You're so good at this, da, 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 and they're looking at it from a completely different perspective, which helps me build confidence and help to see it. And, or they might be, yeah, that is scary. I, I see why you might be fearful of that, but I could see how God can get you through that as well. And it's like, oh, thank you, Lord, for putting their name there in my mind. Uh, we've talked about before writing out situations. And this is one of those that I would recommend as well. If you're not sure, you think you've identified it, just start writing it down. Okay, so right now I have this fear and I put it down. Write it out. Take it as far as you can as you're writing it out. And you may be able to sift through it with God as you're writing it out. How you could have courage to actually face that fear. Absolutely. Um, out here in Indiana, we didn't have this in California or in Houston or in Seattle when we lived there, are these stink bugs and they're creepy. <laughs> they're not, we have stink bugs in California and they don't look like this at all. Okay. These are odd shaped bugs and they're gray. Like they, they got these, yeah, it's got like this armor. Anyways, they got these creepy bendy leg thingies and yeah, they're just not. Anyways, we live very rural out here, and there's a time of year that those things just, it seems like it's around harvest time, and they just flourish outside, and there's a lot of them, and they'll go to the windows or the screen doors, and they'll just glum onto them, and some of them will make it into the house, and yeah, I, I would just constantly keep calling, John, 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 <laughs> you know, type thing, I'm coming, 
and they do have if you interrupt their life supposedly they secrete some sort of stink or whatever it is so John would always bring in a napkin or whatever it is but it came to a point it was like you know this is crazy that I'm calling John in here all the time and so it was like God I I am just not crazy about bugs they surprise me um I mm, you could already hear it in my voice not thrilled with them um but it was like god can you if john could pick up a bug with a napkin why can't i type thing and so in talking through the conversation i found a solution i could use the napkin not a tissue john uses a tissue i'm not to the tissue because that's pretty thin but i'm able to use a napkin and get it crush it and then get rid of it because you got four layers versus one yeah. <laughs> it wastes the whole napkin but i don't care uh, and that would be a solution to this fear I have, as well as I pray constantly, God, just get them out of the house. Mm. I don't want them in here. I had to basically retrain this fear because, man, they just freaked me out. When all of a sudden I think I'm sitting there alone reading a book and something's moving on the wall next to me. <laughs> <laughs> It's Sorry. just a great thing, and he's just moving along, and it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, he just, mm. so yeah, and I had to retrain and take baby steps. I wasn't always successful. So then it was baby steps of getting one, and then getting another one, and then getting another one. And the bad part about it is they, what do you call it, hibernate, I guess? So wherever they went for the winter, in your doorways or windowways, and you didn't see them or vacuumed them out or anything, they will actually come back to life in the warm. So if you vacuumed them, they become, <laughs> because your house is warm, they freeze in the winter, but they come back again and oh, the warm. Yeah. But yeah, they'll all wake up in your vacuum. So you don't want to vacuum them up. That, that was one that's, <laughs> that's bad. Um, but one way to avoid fear, yes. <laughs> Don't vacuum your bugs. I knew that I had to retrain myself to handle it if I was going to live out here and they were going to be out here. Um, they are your neighbor. And then where we live, we have gardens. And our granddaughter that um, she came up one day and she goes, look what I got. I got a grasshopper. And I'm thinking, She's just making this up. She opens her hand and there's this grasshopper that says, please don't let her squeeze me anymore in my her hand. And it was like, oh yeah. And I'm trying to act cool. Anything but is going through my body. It's a bug. It's, it's a grasshopper and it's got <laughs> legs and awful mm, skeletal body. And I was like, oh, why don't you hold that better? Just gently in your hand. Let's go put it in the bush over there or whatever it is. And so we did that. Little by little, I'm building confidence. Can you see it? Good job. The fear that would have just, just made me crawl out of my skin or scream or whatever. I knew I couldn't do that with my granddaughter because here she was. She didn't have a fear towards that grasshopper at all. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want her to have these bug issues that I was having. <laughs> <laughs> and she would just go up and go, oh, look, you got a corn bug in your house. And then she would just grab it and take it outside. Aww. Yeah. I was like, oh, she grabbed it with her hand. <laughs> Anyways, but in the same way, you could do that with other things in your life. 
those little baby steps, what could you do to take a step forward? If you're frightened of public speaking, what small baby step can you do to take away that fear, to conquer that fear, to have that courage we're talking about? Where can you find some courage? I remember you said you did announcements at church. That'd be a good idea for somebody who needs to get up and practice, practice <laughs> giving announcements at church. That's a small little way, but that is crushing the fear of being able to speak in front of other people. Absolutely. Or do podcasts or be a guest on a <laughs> radio show. Found that that helped as well. Or just being somebody that tells a story. Yeah. And even for us, just getting comfortable with being on the camera, what helped was just the practice. Just doing it, just recording ourselves. Right. You know? <laughs> and getting over the perfection, I think of it. Yep. Working through that one. Working through that one, yes. <laughs> I think one of the courage things that happened with the podcast and the YouTube stuff that we have been working through is uh, being brave. I've been brave and shared my story in my book that I wrote and off the stage, but not in this context in the media that we use right now. And that's taking courage to decide to talk about this issue with a lot of people I have never met or will never meet one day. That's true. And people that know us that maybe in person, it's not a subject we would have brought up just right. in a conversation of passing, you know, so <laughs> they're learning about our life that maybe they're we wanted to keep our it. Life. And we do get positive and we do get some negative response. Absolutely. So we're putting ourselves out there, but for the greater good, I want to have that courage so that somebody else can hear that they can have hope and healing in yeah. Christ. Oh my goodness. Yes. The thing I would recommend is embrace the fear and don't avoid it. I kept avoiding the fear of the darn corn bug and asking my husband to take care of it constantly. And he did. He never complained. But, oh my goodness, it, it was time for me to step up. <laughs> Figure out a way that I could do something with it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. We were um, talking about this being the subject. I was trying to think of when have I had to be the most courageous you know, aside from telling, telling that I was being abused. And one of those times, it's happened several times, it's when my husband and I were working in communities and we became um, what's called a man mandated reporter because mm -hmm. we were working with children, you know. That means if you're a teacher or somebody that works for the government, but also somebody that works with children as a youth leader or community leader, a mandated reporter means that if you see any signs of abuse, you have to report it to the authorities. And that thought came to mind of when have I had to use courage most? It's when I had to make those reports, when I would see it in a neighbor. Um, you know, like we had some young girls play, you know, they came after an event and wanted to stay. Parents said, yes, they could. So we had fun, took them to the fishing hole with us, came back. It was time to drop them off. And even before you walked up the two flights of stairs there on the second floor, you could start smelling the marijuana. And this was so strong that it, I could tell this was not going to be a safe place for them. 
you know, so out in Washington, it's legal. And we were already smelling it, you know, on people's patios and you could walk the street and somebody be smoking it on the other side of you, you know, um, they weren't always following the rules. And this situation, it was extremely strong that I just thought there can't be a lucid parent in that house for me to drop these girls back off to. And we went knocking on the door and it was not a good situation. Just knocked on the door. They let the girls in. And I was like, Lord, I don't like this. I really don't like this. Mom and dad were completely high, like really high. And I walked back to my car. And before I could even pull out, the girls had run back down the stairs, hopped on their bikes. It was dark outside. And they're running on their bikes in the neighborhood and it just didn't sit right with me. And I felt like this would be one of those situations where I need to make a call, like a welfare call to have the police come out and check. And so they did. I made the call with courage and they came out and they gave me the report later and they had said, you know, we can't, we can't do anything because it's legal here. So and they walked away and there were other situations where somebody was being domestically abused. And that made even more fear in me to report it, but I knew I had to, you know, cause like, shoot, they're going to disown me. That person's going to know maybe who called, you know, there's all sorts of fears that come out of that piece. And when you've been abused in the past as well, that's the last thing you want is to be on somebody's target. Yeah. <laughs> or you think, you know, you think all these, cr the craziest outcomes could have come from it. But I sat with the gal and helped her make the report. And then they came and spoke with her. I'm not going to give the whole story of what went down, um, but it took a lot of courage to be the person that dialed that 911 call. I had to do it, though. It was my job. Yes. And even if it wasn't my job, those were my neighbors. And I've made that kind of call on people who I want to keep safe, even when it wasn't my responsibility, we'll call it legally. So one example, <laughs> courage had to happen. Uh, with me, if I think on the sexual abuse, the courage came, uh, the one that sticks out the most is going to the police. And then having to go through the whole process of the whole, you have to tell them so much information and story and everything. And that took a lot of courage. My stomach hurt so bad walking, working, walking in there, sorry, walking in there due to the stress I was under oh, because yeah. I was just afraid of what would happen afterwards, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, I was always told, you know, there was going to be something negative that would happen if I spoke. And so therefore that carried into my adulthood when reporting, you know, Anything. sometimes there's, there's a relationship to when you were abused to some things that happen as an adult. And that was something that kind of connected. Well, I was told something bad would happen if I spoke. So using my voice was something I didn't always think was a good thing, you know, yeah. Uh, that there was going to be something very, the repercussion would come from speaking up and using my voice. And so I think that was one of those little fears that would like to come up. At times I was supposed to be brave. <laughs> that would like to come up. And that's where the pressing into Christ, like you said, 
What does he have to say about this? What does he have to say about it? Because it will surprise you when you go, God, help me in this situation. I'm fearful. And then it would come through. No, that's not what you're really afraid of. It's this old thing. It's the same old thing, if that makes sense. And that would pop up. Yeah. And so for me, it would be not being believed or not being heard. Or somebody won't do something about it, you know those kind of repetitive tapes that can come back up but when you talk to god about it it's no this is the right reason no <laughs> i'm not going to tell you what the result will be but you're brave enough you have the courage to do it you have the ability i'll give you the voice and through I'll his strength you- and through yeah. his strength we could have that courage absolutely yes absolutely there's a gal that I admire in the Bible when we talk about courage. It's the woman actually wrote down Luke 8, 43 to 48. There's a woman that had, I think it was like 12 years of bleeding. And um, according to scripture and, and what they say about it is that men had to stay away from this woman so that they could stay clean according to the Jewish law, you know? And so there's this huge crowd around Jesus. He's walking through the town and she wants to get her healing and the only way she can think of doing it is well i got to be courageous i've got to push through this crowd and if i could just touch jesus's hem so all she her whole plan was just if i could just lean in and touch the end of his coat you know the jacket he's wearing maybe though she knew the rules though she knew the rules yep though she knew yeah all these things she still did it she got through that crowd leaned in she touched jesus's cloak and immediately was she was healed the bleeding immediately stopped but the cool thing is is the story didn't stop there then jesus stops and he turns around and goes who did that you know like oh stink you know now she's got to confess in front of this whole crowd and all these men she had to come forth and identify herself of doing something that was not appropriate, quote unquote, but was not allowed, quote unquote, and had to admit she was the one that did it. So much negative could have come because she chose to make that action. Yeah, your mind could write a list of the negative that would have happened to her. Yeah, but what does it say? Jesus not only asked, she confessed, it was me. No. <laughs> But then what did Jesus do? He said, her faith is what healed her. Her courage and her faith bring the healing to her. Despite the situation around her and despite the way she got that healing, you know what I mean? The judgment and all of that, that could be coming against her because of the choice of going and seeking out her healing from Jesus. She did anyway. And she was honored by it. Jesus yes. honored her. And that's her legacy. And everybody gets to share in hearing that story. Yeah. And Beautiful. it was a story of courage. Yes. Great courage. Yeah. Huge. Well, may you go forward and I go forward in the courage that God can give us and that we will be strong in his mighty power so that when we have to step out, we can go, it was me. Absolutely. It was me.
And it may not be something big that sometimes a lot of us think it has to be something big to have courage. It doesn't have to be. It should be the littlest thing, the littlest thing like perfectionism and you're holding back. That's a, a personal thing of mine. I realized that was something I had to go to God and journal about. Why do I keep feeling like it's not good enough? So I keep going back and trying to fix something and make it better. It's not necessary. Certain things just, they are what they are. You let, let them go, move on. <laughs> but I was finding I kept going back or I wasn't doing things because I was, didn't feel like I was doing them right or well enough. And as I did that writing, like you were suggesting, go back and write and then process it with God. I was learning. It was a perfectionism thing. It was a fear thing. And I wasn't taking the courage to release and to move on. <laughs> so it could be something as small, we'll call it as that, though it feels big. Absolutely. All right. Well, you have a good day, Renee. You too, Annette. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye -bye. You have been listening to the Awake to Joy podcast. Views expressed in this podcast are the speaker's opinions. Thank you for listening. If you could please give us a review below, we would appreciate it greatly, as well as share this podcast with your family and friends. If you would like to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Check the show descriptions for more information. Under no circumstances shall Awake to Joy, its employees, volunteers, guests, or officers be liable for any direct or indirect losses or damages arising out of comments made. We look forward to chatting with you again. Because he lives, it changes everything. <laughs>